Hey, welcome back to This Week in Film. I think it's week 60 of the big show. Congratulations. You made it to 60, show. Good um, job, Nick. I'm Nick Bonanto, joined as always by Matt Lauer over the phone. Hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen this week. Uh, before we get started, though, Matt, I wanted to send a shout out to a shout out. Jesus. I wanted to say, hey, what's up? And hope you're feeling better to uh, Matt V, one of the regular show hosts. Uh, he had some arm surgery this week to correct his messed up arm from when he fell off his bike. And uh, so, hey, Matt, feel better. Good luck, Matt. Hope you're feeling better soon. Get back to work. Uh, so anyway, Matt, what did you yeah. see this week? Uh, well, Nick, this week I saw a movie called Wonder Woman. Hey, me too. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Awesome. I was kind of hoping you had seen something else so that we would have two movies to talk about. <laughs> well, I think I, you know, I, for myself, I, I think I have a lot to say about this movie. I think I, I do too, so. All right. Uh, well... Where shall we start? Wonder Woman, 2017, Warner Brothers. Starring Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Is it Gadot or Godot? Okay, now I've looked this up because I kept hearing people say it differently, and I feel like Godot rolls off the tongue better, Yeah, but, um, but it is actually Gadot. Well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> well, okay, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Chris Pine and, uh, you know, I don't know his name, but Lupin from uh, Harry Potter. He's in it, too. Oh, is that the uh, the British guy? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. So. Do you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know the name of the guy that plays the uh, uh, the German, the bad guy dude? I think it's Danny Houston. Okay. I believe is his name. I guess I he could was a, pull up on my internet machine. All yeah, he was a familiar face too, but I wasn't sure. He looks he like somebody else. Like the, every time he was on screen, I thought it was distracting because because I thought he was someone else. And you know who else is in it that I that I was surprised by that I didn't realize it until the credits started rolling. Rob, Robin Wright. Oh yeah. She she's Miss Poison, right? Or Doctor Poison? Oh, is that right? I thought no, 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 no. I I think she's one of the uh, one of the Amazon women. Oh, is she the mom or the trainer lady? You know, I I heard people talking about it, and I heard her name a lot, and I wasn't sure exactly who she was, but I I'm pretty sure she was one of the uh, um. One of the Amazon women. So oh, well, well then I, t I take it all back. The movie was oh, terrible. Yeah, it looks like uh, <laughs> if if I'm understanding my the images that are coming up on my phone right now, she was the one who was uh, training Diana. Oh, she was you know. Okay. Well, if you were to wow. <laughs> I was really sure she was Miss Poison. Sorry, Doctor Poison. Um, yeah, I think I think Doctor Poison actually hasn't been in uh, 
uh, in any big American movies. I'm looking at the. Uh, her name was Antiope. Antiope. Oh. I'm probably mispronouncing that. <laughs> Antiope. Sure. Yeah, no, that's right. Oh, Doctor Maru is, no. I guess, the character's name was played by Elena Anaya. Oh. Yeah. I thought that was Robin Wright. I was like, wow, great job by Robin Wright. I didn't even recognize her. And I didn't. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, Matt, um, yeah. what did you think of Wonder Woman? Okay. So, um, I'm going to try to go down two paths here because... Oh, you know what? Is, uh, yeah. Before, you, before we start down your path, yeah. Um, I guess we since we've both seen it, we, we can get into spoilers. So... Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, warn the people. Yeah, you took a long breath there. I was. I didn't know what was about to happen. Uh, <laughs> so, spoiler alert for Wonder Woman. And in all seriousness, I would say uh, if if you plan on seeing it, it's probably worth avoiding the spoilers. I agree. You know. I agree. Um, yeah. So all right. All right. So what do we do? You want to do a little plot synopsis or what? Nah, people know what it's about. Cool. Super lady from Super Island. All right. World so here are my two one. pads. And um, I, I, I'm just going to say, I think I enjoyed this movie so much that even when I look back and look at the flaws, they don't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. So as far as like what I think other people might like, I'd say like downgrade my opinion a little bit. But for me, I absolutely loved this movie. I just thought it was the, the most charming thing I've seen in forever. And, um, maybe also, you know, needing, like I was saying in our, the last podcast that I was on with you, um, I was in need of a good movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so true. Cause I walked out of there going, man, I was being really nice to alien covenant. That <laughs> 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 was just me looking to enjoy a movie. Cause, um, I, yeah, I, I, I think I might've forced my, uh, for some some uh, ease into that, you know, just be a little extra kind on the that movie. You let it off Maybe the hook a little bit. Before, yeah, yeah, because I I walked out of this like, man, that was a breath of fresh air. I uh, um, I uh, I got to agree. You? I I I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'd say it was on par with like some of the 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 lesser Marvel movies, like the mediocre, not the bat, not the lower grade, but like the middle of the road. I'd put it on par with Ant-Man as far as the Marvel movies. And that is totally fine with me. I really like Ant-Man. Hmm. I, uh, I actually, I, I think I'd put it a little higher for myself. I I'd say comparable to Iron Man in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the movie and I thought it was a great, a great first step for DC. Now that there's three steps into it, it's, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of concerned that they won't be able to keep that up though. You know, like even, so for me, there's, there's two big shining parts of this movie. Um, and it's, it's the two main people, it's Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've read a fair amount of wonder woman, um, mostly from being a Batman fan, I'd run across things and go, oh, I want to learn more about that. And I, I like Wonder Woman as a character who shows up in the Batman universe too. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I gotta say, like in this movie, this version of Wonder Woman surpasses the the comic version for me. Like I, I actually, she's got a different sort of flavor to her. She's um, got more sort of innocence. She's finding things out as she goes about this whole new world. Mm-hmm. And I really, really loved the way that Gal Gadot played that. Um, and so. Uh, you know, like I've, I've heard actually a few people criticize her a little bit in terms of maybe not being a great fit. I've heard other people say she's a great fit. For me, I thought this is actually a version of Wonder Woman I I think is qualitatively different, but really, really cool. Um, because usually when she shows up in, at least in, in Batman storylines, um, and when she's kind of interacting with the rest of the Justice League in comics, it feels to me like she's equal just by being tough. Like her strength is all just being like basically, Oh, I could be a more or less a man in a woman's body. (laughs) Like like she can make comments on being female, but it's not like femininity is her strength. And, and here I think there's something really different because she shows up and her strength is all coming from, idealism and this sort of focus of, of just like a different kind of goodness. It's not like, Hey, she can roll with the boys because she's just physically strong. And do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree I with, think maybe, with maybe, a lot of what you're saying. And maybe some of that has to do with the, the director, you know, being a female director, maybe being able to, to put that stuff across without it all just being like a sexualized version of a man. Instead, it's like actually got she's actually got her own qualities. Yeah, one of the things um, that I was saying after I saw it was uh, I don't think Gal Gadot is a uh, <laughs> I don't think she's a very good actress, mm-hmm. um, but I really think that played to her benefit in this movie because, uh, like you were saying, it really I think it. Cause she has this sense of innocence about her where, where she just seems always pleasant. And I mm-hmm. imagine that that's who Gal Gadot really is. Like she's just kind of a pleasant, beautiful person. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as like acting in the role, a lot of her lines are that just like taken with this naivety that uh, the world is black and white. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do this now. And uh, I think if she was a better actress, she would have tried to put more into the role, which could have spoiled it, could have soured it a little bit. And uh, I, I think how she handled it was great. Yeah, and I think, you know, along with that, um, that the innocence, you know, could come off. I mean, I've seen some of those, or at least, you know, parts of, old television shows and stuff that um and made for tv movies that have female characters who are supposed to be kind of innocent but instead they end up looking stupid yeah but she doesn't seem stupid at all it's like she knows what she's about but she's just kind of learning what this other world is about and and so the naivete doesn't seem like being unintelligent at all right I agree. Yeah, it's it's definitely um what's a way to say it? 
using words to describe a situation. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying that it's, um, she's naive, but not dumb. You know, she's not yeah. some dumb brunette. Well, and you know, I've, I've, uh, t- taken some interest in her after watching this movie. You know, I'd, I'd seen her before in Batman versus Superman and I'd seen some clips from the, Fast and Furious movies, but I never actually watched any. Um, I thought she was pretty, but like, you know, most you should really are. watch those movies. <laughs> That's what people say. They're uh, masterpieces. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I kind of looked into it. I was like, okay, is this what she's actually like? And apparently her personality is is a super sweet person. But she also apparently uh, was a weapons expert in Israel. So uh, there's maybe a bit more to her than than that because um, I wouldn't have anticipated that. Um, so I guess the well, military in, weapons expert gone to modeling, gone to acting. Yeah. Well, I know in Israel they all have to serve in the military for a few years. You know, um, I didn't know that was the case for women. I think it is for women too, but okay. uh, I I have not looked into it. But I know there's a few Israeli women that I uh know of i don't know um but they have had to serve as well or they did serve well apparently that was one reason that she uh got the roles that she did in um fast and furious so uh yeah and uh, you know what she is or maybe you know what no maybe it was actually maybe it was actually even in this movie Sorry, I'm I'm actually like getting this stuff secondhand. So That's okay. not not straight from Gal Gadot's mouth. I did not talk with her. You did not, not yet. But okay, yeah, it's, it's on my plans. All right, um, but uh, she is just gorgeous to look That's at true. on screen. Like it's uh, like she's so like pretty that it's kind of uncomfortable to look at her for too long. Oh, I, I found it very comfortable. <laughs> I mean, like, like that one scene where uh, her and Chris Pine are dancing in that square. Uh-huh. Like, she looks fantastic. And I was like, wow, she's really a pretty lady. I hope, <laughs> I hope she wants to talk to me one day. Well, I was going to say something like that because, um, you know how there's, this, like, there are a lot of memes on... Uh, internet or on the internet on uh, Instagram, things like that, where they're like, I want someone to look at me the way that Leonardo DiCaprio looks at this cookie and stuff like that. I'm like, I want Gal Gadot to look at me the way that Gal Gadot looks at Chris Pine. Like as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, look at the camera again, look us in the eyes. Come on. And and it's just something, you know, she's really sexy, but there's something just really adorable. And, and I really think, engaging. I part of that is that innocence that's coming out of her too. Like she's untainted by the world. Like there's mm-hmm. no cynicism in her. Um, it was great. It was so refreshing. And and I think it actually does work really well that you know Chris Pine is Chris Pine because he yeah. he's kind of won me over in spite of expecting not to like him. Um, in the Star 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 Wars Star Trek movies, um, he's been pretty charming, and then here I thought, man, you know, this guy's really doing a great job. He is the second shining part of this movie. I think if you take the two of them out, you've still got a good story and everything, but 
they really make it what it is. Yeah. And he's a really cool person to have in there as a, you know, the, the, as the second main character. Yeah. Um, there are, uh, they doesn't they, get wasted. They had a very good chemistry. The two of them, mm. like you enjoyed seeing them on screen together. Like that scene, um, like the, I guess there were the almost back to back scenes, the scene in the cave where he's naked and then mm-hmm. the scene on the boat where they're just kind of talking mm-hmm. are just so charming. They're just so, mm-hmm. such, they're so small and there's nothing going on in either scene, but you kind of wanted them to go on forever. You're like, I love these two people. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of funny cause I don't see, you know, even like romance movies where I'm like, really on their side i I might just kind of watch the story but here i'm like you know at the end and again spoilers yeah (laughs) um when chris pine dies yeah like i I was because he was doing a really good job as the camera's on him i'm like sad for him but i'm also like no she's gonna see this happen no yeah yeah, I I I was kind of devastated by that. I I was really taken aback. I didn't think they were gonna do that. Uh, oh yeah, I I didn't see that coming. Like I know like I I don't I don't really know a lot about Wonder Woman, but I was like, wow, did not see that guy biting it. Like I thought he was gonna jump out of the plane, or or she was just gonna go get him, or he could have just said, hey, can you fly this plane, indestructible woman, and blow it up. Hmm. but uh, I think know. I saw it coming sort of as it was leading up to it. Like I, I figured he was going to die cause you know, she's around for Batman versus Superman. And I was like, they probably are going to want not to just have him get old, you know, throughout either off screen between movies or like throughout right. movies. Um, but I also think I saw it coming partly because he's actually got a really solid character arc. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, a final part of that would be, you know, as she's learning to, um, you know, as the naivete is being removed from her eyes, she's becoming, you know, more aware of how gritty and and not black and white, you know, things are. Yeah. He's kind of being moved by her to be a better person. Yeah. Which I think is the feeling I have when she looks at the camera where I'm like, I want to be a better person. (laughs) Um just to deserve having her look, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then when he, he's making the decision to die and he does so much there in a short scene, you know, I know it's kind of slow motioning or whatever, but like his, so much gets expressed through his, just his face and the way he's looking around Yeah, and he's getting ready to do that. Um, it's a really moving moment. Yeah. I, I agree. I was heavy. And, um, and everything about this movie is everything that Batman versus Superman got wrong. Um, yes. I mean, you have two main characters who are actual characters. You care about them. They have a reason. Like the, Everybody in the movie pretty much has a reason to be there. Um, and, but, but like more importantly, your characters have arcs. It's not just, it's not just, oh, and, and the third act, they're friends, you know, it's, yeah. And it, and it's not just a bunch of different scenes from comic books being pasted together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think 
um, the decision to make it uh, during World War One. Uh, well, this is this is going to get into some of the problems that I have with the film, which are which are pretty minor, but um, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think the the setting the movie during World War One was a was a good idea because, and I read that the reason that they did that was to separate it from Captain America because it's basically a similar story, mm -hmm. um, you know, like superhero in the war, but um, I think that was very smart. Uh, especially like, I guess world war one is kind of hot right now because of the battlefield game. And it's, uh, we're currently going through the hundredth anniversary of world war one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I've lost my point. Where was I going? That they were deciding to focus it on world war one for some of those reasons, um, that you like that it's in taking place in world war one and not world war two. Uh, yes. Thank you for recapping the show so far. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, I think one, one issue that I have with the movie is that, uh, is, I kind of wish it wasn't rated PG 13 and that it was rated R because I think they were trying and, and this is, I'm being very nitpicky here, but I think they were trying to show the horrors that were world war one and just the horrors of war in general. Uh, mm -hmm. and how terrible it is, but this was a bloodless war. Uh, I mean, you've got people dying by the thousands and there's no blood anywhere. Um, like you see some soldiers walking back from the front, like crossing London bridge or whatever that they were walking across and they have yeah. like bloodied stumps or stuff like that. But for the most part, there's, they, they try to, uh, and they do it as best they can. They show the, the, the troubles that the people in the war, like the people who are living in, in cities, which kind of reflects on like what's going on in Syria, how there are people trapped there and there's nowhere for them to go, but there's no, there's no blood. Like it's dry and like, I'm not desperate to see blood all over the ground, but I feel like there are a few shots where, especially after they rescue that town, where there are just German soldiers laying everywhere all over the streets and then they're dancing in the next scene. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like this is a town filled with bodies and the battlefield to like a quarter mile to the left is filled with bodies because they just fought this battle. You know, like uh, I feel like the, the tone for a, a war movie like that, they kept, they would sometimes try to go with a serious thing and then it would pull back to something comical, but then they would try to go a little more serious. And I, they were uh, weaving across that line, which is a, de a delicate thing to walk. But I, I just feel like that that didn't really hit home. I think the way that they intended. I, you know, that's, that's funny. I've heard, I've heard similar ideas too. So I think maybe this strikes people, um, a little bit differently for me, it kind of worked. Um, I did notice it though. So I guess the, the fact that I noticed it says it might've pulled me out a little bit. Um, but in terms of the impact of it, I felt like kind of seeing things. I feel like I was watching this movie and watching the world happen as it's reflected in wonder woman's eyes. So, the fact that it's hitting her the way it's hitting her mm -hmm. still gave me that impact where it's still jarring for me to see the atrocities, 
but not so much because I'm actually seeing the atrocities. I'm just seeing how it's hitting someone who is seeing it for the first time, seeing it from a, such a different perspective. Like I was thinking about it this way before, like with Batman, when you, when you watch Batman, when you read Batman comics, you're seeing how broken and complex he is internally. Right. It's like you're seeing the inside. But with this, I feel like I was seeing how messed up the world is in yeah. comparison to her. Like she puts it into relief and you go, oh man, look at that contrast. And I feel like that still worked there. But if but if it does take you out to go like, hey, wait a minute, someone just had a sword shoved through them. There should be blood on that sword. Yeah. That still makes some sense too. And then you like know? you're also uh, like that scene where she stabs that guy with the sword it, mm -hmm. it cuts away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that's a PG 13 thing. Like uh, one of the rules for PG 13 is you can't show penetration. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Like you can't show the actual like blade going in or, or, um, or if it was a hardcore sex scene, you couldn't show the blade going in. <laughs> but um yeah not like this the other hardcore sex scenes yeah. <laughs> pg-13 movies but um like there's a there's a couple movies uh, uh i was listening to some i was listening to the star wars minute podcast and they were doing they were talking uh i'm a year behind in my podcast so um they were talking about the phantom menace um where uh qui-gon jinn gets stabbed by darth maul and it, it cuts away just as he gets stabbed. And that's where they say, yeah, that's a PG-13 or a PG thing. Like, you can't show the yeah. penetration. But I feel like in this movie, she was, you know, she was bringing the blade down in such a manner. And then it just cuts to the, meanwhile, at the base of the tower. And then you're back up on top of the tower. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would change that. But I could see why you might, you know, it's it, it maybe a little different for each of us. Um, and and, and what do you think in terms of like the the pacing of the movie and everything? Uh, kind of the overall feel of the flow. Pacing, I thought was was great. I mean, it's basically three acts, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, four if you want to kind of stretch it out. But like, you've got your beginning part where they're on the island. That was. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Then you got your middle part where she's in London. And then you got, uh, I guess your third act would be the no man's land battle. And then your fourth act is the climax of the film. So like four acts, it moves real well until the fourth act. I think the fourth act that gets kind of loggy. Um, uh, you start, it starts having that problem of having to find something for every character to do. Like the, the members of their team should have just kind of disappeared. Like they didn't have okay. any business going to the, uh, the airfield other than for them to be there at the end. Yeah. Um, I can see that. but, uh, uh, but as far as pacing, I, I thought it was very well paced. Uh, and it's, it's a long movie. Like it's almost, what's it? Two, two and a quarter hours. Yeah, 220, I think. Um, and it doesn't feel it at all. It felt very fast. Yeah, I I really liked the pacing. And I, I think you, you are right. When it comes to 
the those kind of ancillary characters being there, like even going to the what was it like a castle of some sort? Yeah. Um, but it, overall, I really liked that. It seemed like for me a movie of a couple slow burns. Like the it was a building, building, building crescendo, mm-hmm. building, building, building crescendo, and I and I really dug that. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a couple of people say they wish there was more action in it. And I was like, man, I felt like it was a perfect balance. Yeah. I thought there was just enough action. I, I thought uh, uh, the action kind of got in the way sometimes. Um, I kind of would have liked more of her and Chris Pine stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, I could, I could watch a side movie. That's just a romantic comedy. with the two yeah. of them. I don't know if you can hear in the background, but I think all of my children are crying upstairs. I, I think I did hear that. Um, so apologies for that. Um, um, let's see. What else do we got here on our on our list to talk about? Well, I'll say that one of the things that was exciting about this, too, was, uh, you know, seeing a movie that makes me want to go do something. I don't know exactly what this make, this movie makes me want to go do other than, like, be a really good person. Yeah. But I, the, but I like, walked out feeling motivated the way, like, after watching the matrix, I wanted to go do Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, here well, I'm like, the, the Chris, I want to just go be good and maybe write a movie. That, <laughs> uh, that one woman. Chris Pine line about, he says, uh, his father said, you can either do something or do nothing. And I've already tried. Nothing mm-hmm. was a great line. Um, and that's, that's, that was great. I was thinking about that kind of all night. Mm hmm. Um, it, it, it kind of makes you f- like a movie like this that I don't want to say glorifies war, but it, it definitely glorifies doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, taking action. Like Chris Pine is a, was a, is like a American British spy. Um, he's a soldier and he's like, you know, like a, a pilot. He's like an every, he's like an every guy. He's what every guy wants to be in the war, like a super cool fighter pilot fighter guy and he crash lands on this island he tells the truth about everything like he he doesn't try to hide anything from her he's got no ulterior motives except to he wants the war to end he doesn't want anybody else to get hurt and his his motivations are very uh altruistic i want to say even though he would benefit from not having to fight anymore but he he's also a very good guy like he doesn't want the war to keep going he wants to go home and even though his job is as a soldier would involve him destroying the germans he knows that more people are going to suffer if he doesn't act and and you know that when that british general whatever says you're not going to do anything you know he's when she starts putting up a fight, you know, when they, I knew when they got out of the hallway, he was going to say, we're just, we're still going to go. And when he did, I was like, yeah, yeah, Chris Pine, you go get him, Captain Kirk. I knew you were going to say that. Um, yeah. I thought it was a pretty cool scene too, where you kind of like, I guess it's the same scene, but like pulled out to her lasso and wrapped it around his wrist to go look. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. I also loved how they did the lasso stuff. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was, that was, that was neat. I was, I was, curious about how they were going to go about that. 
and I uh, think they nailed that too until until the very end when they're fighting the monster guy, which uh, I didn't care for. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see that twist coming with the with the British guy, but um, you know I, there was a moment where dang I think it was the moment where she realized that the German dude was Ares. Like she realized it for herself anyway. She uh-huh. goes, Oh my God. And right in that moment, and I think it was the timing, I think it's probably on purpose in a way. Like it was right after he had interacted, right after Chris Chris Pine had interacted with this guy via mm-hmm. the phone. Um, where she goes, Oh my God, it's him. And I thought she was gonna say it was Lupin. And then and I was like, Cool, how she figure that? Because I don't know how that would work right. but then she's like no it's this other guy so when it did end up being him i i was still sort of surprised because i was like oh no i she said it was this other guy and i guess that makes sense i just don't see him being a very big adversary at the end of this so then when she killed him and nothing happened essentially that was a really cool moment because it was like a plot it was a twist, but without it being like a, this movie is about twists kind of thing. Right. And I was like, huh. And then, uh, then when, when Lupin came back, I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool because it makes sense. Cause I had that moment earlier, but at the same time, I had not been expecting it by the time it happened. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a pretty good twist. I just didn't care for the character. Like, especially when he put on his battle armor. <laughs> uh, he put on battle armor and then, like, still had that mustache underneath it. Like, I I, I thought that was dumb. I was like... Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't put on Sauron's, Sauron's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> battle armor and still have a curly mustache. Yeah, I mean, he, he should have had, like, a demon form underneath that. I think helmet. I'm... I, I, I I I get that. I could see that and it and it was a little weird, but at the same time I kind of liked that he didn't turn into a big monster. I think it would have I, I was a little worried at the end that it was going to look like Doomsday from Batman versus Superman. And I felt like it came close enough that I didn't want it to get any closer. So I was sort of glad he didn't turn into something else. Well, but it was, the, it was a little bit of a strange image. Here's the thing is that even if he had turned into that, like, even if it was like, even if doomsday showed up in the middle of that fight, yeah. like, and it turns out that doomsday is the God of war. Right. Yeah. I th- think it would still have the same effect because this is a movie that was about the characters and everything that happens to her, we we care about. So if a giant monster showed up and just started beating the crap out of her, I would be way more involved emotionally with, with this movie than I ever would be in Batman versus Superman, which I could care less about. Yeah. Like the end of Batman versus Superman is such a waste of so much potential, but none of it matters. Like the Superman died in Batman versus Superman and no one cares. No one cares that Superman died. Like, I mean, I'm talking about us because we all know he's going to be, he's going to come back to life. We all know Superman's not really dead and we're not really connected to this Superman in any way. We just spent the last 
three hours having Batman tell us why he needs to die. Yeah. Not to mention the way he solved the, the, his first movie was by breaking his enemy's neck. Which in this universe became a non-issue. Yeah. Like at the end of that movie, it was like, Oh oh, man, he killed a guy. And then since then, this, the, the current, DCEU is just like, yeah, uh, people be killing folks all over. You know, yeah. like, well, like, there's definitely uh, a change for Wonder Woman. Um, because she first started fighting people and was just like kicking them and, and knocking them out. And then at some point in the movie, she got upset about something. And all of a sudden, her, the bullets that she deflected were going back into Germans. Like, I think the first time it happens, she notices that she just killed a guy and there's like a, uh, some sort of look on her face when it happens. Like, she's like, oh my God, I just took a life, but the, you but know, she's I, still I in the middle, that. she's still in the middle of a battle and she keeps, she still has to fight. And like, from that point on, like I, they say, like, once you take one life, it's easier to take the next. I clearly don't know, but I'm basing that off of James Bond. That That's your cover story. Yeah. You don't know. And, um, and, uh, and so like, as the movie goes on, she, she's responsible for taking the lives of more and more people, but it, it wears on her. I think like there's, there's, a, there's an emotional cost to her having to take lives in the middle of a war. Whereas when Batman is killing 40 people in his, in his super gun car and dragging another one and using it as a, a hammer to smash another car, he doesn't care at all. And we don't care either as a viewer. Right. I, I, I don't always love the, we don't kill anyone thing in the, in the DC universe as far as reading the comics. Um, I think it's a good struggle to have there. Uh-huh. Um, but like when I read comics that go off the path a little bit, like that Batman, what was it? Uh, all stars Yeah, where he's just, it's, it's, he's just killing fools and just doing crazy stuff. It's kind of fun in that way as just like a, okay, here's a different take on things. Uh-huh. But I gotta say in these movies, I feel like it, it takes out some sort of meaningful tension like it, they, they, they honestly, they just don't seem that heroic killing people. Although I got to say in wonder woman, it still worked. Like I, I was, she I think, still feels very heroic. I there. think one of the reasons why it works is because they're, they are at war in war. Yeah. Yeah. And then people lose their lives in war. Um, it's like what that general said, that's what soldiers do, which is a very cold thing to say. Um, but, um, one thing that I was going to say about, uh, you know how like in Batman versus Superman, they made a big point to point out from, uh, remember in Man of Steel, how like so many people must have died during the Man of Steel battle, how in right. Batman versus Superman, they're like, they're on that abandoned island in the middle of town. Right. Um, yeah. I did notice in this one, they, they did that a bunch of times too, like when when uh, Chris Pine steals Dr. Poison's poison book uh, and he's flying over that um building they show a quick shot inside the building before he drops the bomb of it being empty uh before it explodes 
I hadn't quite caught that there, either. There are a few moments like that where there's a big explosion, but they take half a second to show you that it's abandoned. There's there's no one there. Huh. That's that's kind of weird, actually, because, I mean, it would have just been full of German soldiers and the whole right. movie, they're killing German soldiers. Right, and then at the same time, the most emotional part of the movie is after the bad guy bombs that town they just saved with that gas. Yeah. And she walks around and she finds the bodies of all the people who were just thanking her. Yeah. That was rough. That was, that rough. was, that was really well done. And, and again, I don't know how anyone can criticize Gal Gadot's acting in this. Cause I was feeling for her so much right there. I, I'm I, like, I, Oh I, man, she just, she was, she just did the unthinkable to go save all these people. And, you know, got to dance around, you know, feeling yeah. good about it. And, so, oh, yeah. And, and going back to that idea for a second about like these these little things you were talking about earlier about these like kind of small comedic moments or sensitive moments where they're like dancing after things. And, you know, the wars right outside, you know, like the, all those dead people that she had killed in no man's land or laying there not that far away. Yeah. Um, that actually really worked for me where where it felt like. Um, a little bit like that movie life is beautiful you yeah. know where the there's like this kind of hidden space of love and 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 happiness in the midst of all this other stuff it kind of worked for me in that way love in the middle of horror kind of thing yeah 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 like i think it, it was actually like there was something about them being in that little town and kind of celebrating together like all the people who were there well, like, uh, and and knowing that it's in the midst of this larger crazy world. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't disagree with that. I just always because when that scene ends, the streets are littered with bodies, and then the very next scene, they're 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 all sitting out with fire going. Where did the bodies go? Like, who dragged all the bodies away? <laughs> you know, Wonder what um, she's strong. Yeah, she packed them up. Um, I'm also not very clear on what her powers are in this movie because when she's on the beach, uh, on Themyscira, she gets wounded a little bit. Like her arm gets banged up, but it heals real quick. Yeah. She's got some healing power, but like, she, but she's not bulletproof, right? No, I don't think so. Because she's, she's just so fast that she can stop bullets and i think they actually established that one pretty cleverly because there's that moment on the beach where someone shoots and it goes past her and it hits her friend and as the bullets go in past her she's not quite fast enough to stop what's happening from happening right but she turns her head like she's keeping up with it so if she sees it coming if i understand this right if she sees it coming she can manage to just block it, it. Yeah. But yeah, if if she didn't have a shield in front of her and all those Germans were shooting at her, they'd be riddling her with bullets. Right. Yeah, like her ankles should be just shredded. <laughs> um and then also um one thing I think would have would have helped at the end at least for me is if she looked beat up at all because if she is vulnerable for a little bit like she heals quick, but mm -hmm. like at the end of the movie she's not even like she doesn't even look like she was next to fire. Like she doesn't look scorched at all. That's one of the things I like about the Iron Man movies is that by the end of the movie, Tony Stark's so beat up just being inside the suit. Like he always has like that cut above his eye or whatever. 
Like you think you yeah. would put some padding on the inside of that suit. <laughs> but um, like I think that's something that was missing from the end of the movie too was just some physical toll on her rather than just the emotional toll too. I don't know if I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't know if um, that emotional toll actually shows a bit better because she's not looking physically worn down. Like if she were walking away from fighting with a bunch of people looking muddy and dirty and, and scratched and stuff. And she were looking, you know, weary or wary, no weary, I guess. Weird. Um, if, if it might muddy the picture a little bit, like you might go, Oh man, she's exhausted versus wow. She's really sad that she had to kill people and that other people aren't being saved. Oh, that's very, I, that's a great point. But, but I think you have a good point too. <laughs> like, as, again, that sort of like, I think maybe this movie has to sacrifice a little bit of realism in order to, to show more of the emotional point more to show that the, what it's trying to say about the goodness thing yeah through i uh i don't agree i think all of my complaints or or nitpicks about the movie are, are all very minor um they're just the things that i noticed while while it was on or or that i actually had to think about yeah but but uh, overall it was great like uh I, it was super fun and you know what i'm really glad never happened is that no one ever called her wonder woman Oh yeah, you know that's a good point. You know, like I, I love that the movie's called Wonder Woman, but she only ever calls herself D Diana. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I th I think that is so smart because Wonder Woman is a stupid title. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it, it makes sense in a nineteen forties kind of sense, but like for them to say, "Here comes Wonder Woman," instead of "Hey, Diana." Because even in the Justice League, they don't call her Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's, you know? who is this crazy lady? Um, it's all, Diana. That, if, it, if it helps, though, I think I think the original. I might be getting this a little bit wrong, but I think the original name for Wonder Woman was Suprema something. The Wonder Woman, not for this movie, but like when she first was created as a character. Oh, she that, had some sort of name like that, like Suprema. That's also terrible. <laughs> it is. All right, I'm going to take a second to quickly rattle off a couple nitpicks I actually have. Okay. Um, like I said, they didn't actually take away from the movie for me. And by the way, the things you've been pointing out, I think they're all valid. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, here are the things that I noticed that I didn't particularly like, but didn't hurt the movie for me. The action stuff where they do that fast, slow thing where yeah. someone jumps into the air to punch somebody and they slow it down to see them in the air, but then speed it up. And I'm like, I kind of want to see the punch happen in slow motion. You know, let me see the actual contact happen. Um, there were a couple melodramatic lines here and there. I thought there was some really good dialogue, like what you said earlier about Chris Pine with the do something or do nothing and doing nothing hasn't really worked. Um, there were a few things though where I was like, okay, that was a little cheesy. There's a moment where one of the side characters tells Wonder Woman that everyone's struggling with their own stuff. And then he sort of walks off set. <laughs> like, what was that about? Oh, yeah. um, 
And the one moment where Wonder Woman puts on her headband thing, I don't get that, what was going on there, because they take like 20 seconds for her to be fastening it to her head, and then she turns around and she's like, I'm going to go out there. And I'm like, why did we... Why didn't she just kind of look away, have it on, and look back? And instead, we've got like 10 seconds of watching over her shoulder as she <laughs> maybe clumsily tries to figure out how to put this thing on. Does it go with the point up or down? <laughs> right. I don't remember. I should know. Yeah. I've been looking at this crown for 30 years. I should know this. Right. That's um, pretty funny. And I did feel like the bad guys in this movie were sort of... Uh, you know, twirly mustache bad guys. Yeah. Like where they gasp that room of people and they're like, let's make a joke about it. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, okay, Dr. Evil's here now. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, the movie definitely, it definitely feels like a Marvel movie. Uh, even in the sense that the villain is kind of the worst part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same. I kind of want to see wonder woman from this movie go up against Heath Ledger's Joker. Like that would be like the ultimate clash of perfect goodness and, you know, absolute psychopathy. Oh, fancy words. Goodness and psychopathy. <laughs> um, that's, that's my final thought. One, my final thought is um, one thing that really kind of bothered me, but uh -huh. I also, it bothered me, but at the same time I appreciated it was mm -hmm. the, um, forced ethnic diversity in the movie. Uh, and I don't just mean like the native American guy and the, um, I don't know what the actor guy was. Is he Indian or? Oh, um, S Samir. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't know what his ethnicity is, but like, uh, there were a few shots pushed pushed in like they're definitely like shot on a different day kind of a thing of like a, a like a, a a sick or seek guy like a, a sick soldier it like s-i-h-k okay. uh, like the guys that wear the the turbans and they have a beard seek seek yeah um like they show like one quick cut of that guy and then there's like another another part where the, and they're showing them all as british soldiers which, which I, I was like, well, that's kind of cool, but it definitely feels very forced. Like, why are we forcing this into this movie? Like, I know that those soldiers were probably there and are definitely underrepresented in film and, and things like that. But it definitely took me out of the movie when, when that forced moment pops up on screen. Hmm. Um, but that's just another nitpick where I was like, yeah, I don't know if I noticed that that much. Um, and I know that the native American guy is a, if I'm understanding right, he's actually a super friend character. Um, oh, is that, is that the guy who grows? I, I think so. I think he had the same name. Oh, wait, am I thinking, or am I thinking of GI Joe? Uh, nobody grows in GI Joe. I, I thought a guy in GI Joe would like clap his hands and he would get big. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Where's that, uh, that super might friend? Be, that might be this guy. Um, hey, this but, week in but, film but listeners, in case tell us who the guy who claps his hands and grows is. <laughs> but in either case, I thought um, 
the the way they actually handled that character was pretty cool too. Like he was an interesting guy, kind of complex in terms of like his own philosophy and stuff. And he wasn't like, you know, uh, smoking a pipe and wearing a headdress or anything that was very, yeah, it wasn't sort of caricature. It wasn't over the top and it wasn't annoying. Like the most I can ever ask for, a character like that is please don't be a stereotype and please don't suck. Yeah. You know, and then they nailed it. Like he was like, yeah, I'm a native American, but you know, I got nowhere else to go. So, uh, I'm here. I'm here just trying to make a buck. (laughs) I also like the, the diversity on Themyscira on the Island. I thought that was, it, it fit. To have to have women of different ethnicities and stuff on that island, uh, like, I, think I wouldn't it, think it, it would fit because I'd go like, shouldn't they all be Greek? But I felt like it actually worked. Yeah, uh, but that was like another one where I was like, where, where, well, where did they come from? Like the the different different ethnicities. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't really care. I don't care. Yeah. Um. But overall, Wonder Woman, thumbs up. Yeah, so I, definitely I, check it out if you haven't. I'm looking forward to seeing the it again. Best movie I see this summer. Yeah, I'm gonna go see it this weekend, and maybe I'll catch that what you were talking about with uh, seeing uh, Wonder Woman's response to killing people for the first time. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it. I don't remember where it was, but I'm pretty sure it was that No Man's Land sequence. Okay. Um, but what was that noise? Was that on my end? Yeah, it sounded like a squeaky yell. Uh, Do you have a dog? No. Oh. no. You should get a dog. <laughs> Sit in my stomach? I don't know. <laughs> my chair? I'm or, rocking my chair. Or have four kids. I don't know if you can. They're all yelling upstairs in the kitchen. I can hear that now. Oh, good. That means everyone can. Um, all right. Well, we're about out of time. So, wow. so it's a good thing we didn't have another movie. No, I, I almost watched the Lego Batman movie, but then I just didn't have time. So that would have been a waste. So now I'm going to save that <laughs> for next week. It's a fun movie. Uh, that's what I hear. All right, Matt. Well, any plugs from you? No. I, about I don't, do it I don't we don't have right time for movie versus Batman. Batman versus something. Dawn <laughs> okay. of movie. Um, it's time. Uh, I want to say check out thisweekinfilm.com and if you're listening to us in the podcast radio network keep doing that um, a lot of good shows on here I'm not sure what time we're on anymore but you know check it out uh, podcastradionetwork.net and uh, I think that's going to do it so for all of us here at This Week in Film good day Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. <laughs>